Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. What do I do? I wake up late, tell the boss I had car trouble, backdate some reports to cover my tracks, take a buddy to lunch, charge it to my business account. Wake up late, backdate some reports, take a buddy to lunch. Lie, cover, deceive. Lie, cover, deceive. Lie, cover, deceive. You think these sins are avoidable? If you ask me, I think they're absolutely necessary. Well, good morning. Oh, that was weak. That's a fall break. Come off the journey. Good morning. Hey, man, I'm excited. You have decided to join us in the loft today. And for those who are joining us online, I'm, I'm excited for you to join in as well. Uh, by now, everyone is hopefully done with fall break. Uh, and it's finally beginning to look like fall break. There's some leaves starting to turn some colors. Uh, and it's an exciting day. Here's why. Today, we're starting a new, brand new series that I pray will speak to everybody's hearts and will change some hearts. And we'll hopefully, we'll see some changed lives start to change lives. Uh, and if, if you're new with this, this is how we like to do things. We like to sort of pick a topic uh, that's important to our culture and important to me and, and to some other leaders. And we just feel like, that, hey, this is, this is a very huge topic right now where we're at in our culture and our climate. Uh, and for the next several weeks, we just like to share everything we can about it. And we ask a lot of questions and we ask the hard, tough questions. And it gets really real up here really quickly that all point around those questions of centering, pointing, and living back towards Christ. And if we can align ourselves to that, if we can get to the center point of that, then we know that Christ is starting to change our lives. So... Like I said, if you're new with this day, uh, you're in for a great treat. Here's why. It's sort of like jumping. You ever, you ever go to the movies and you sort of miss the first five minutes? You know what I'm talking about? Am I the only person that's ever done that because I got kids? All right, so somebody else has. You can blame it on it, whatever. Uh, but, you know, you're getting in on the very, end, the very very beginning. You know, it's like the, the DMX sound, the, 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 you know, all that stuff going on. So you're getting on the very, very beginning of it, and it's just going to be really fun. And we're going to dive into this topic, and it should be behind me by now, but it's called Necessary Sins. And some of you had a text this week that said, liar, liar, right? And you're like, I am not a liar. You know, but we'll see, we'll see. We're going to test you here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, liar, liar, pants on what? Yeah, see, see, somebody called you that very, uh, eventually somewhere along the line. It's, it's making us into a culture of liars. And today we're going to dive full on into this subject of lying. And, and some of you already got your bumpers up, you know, I already see it. It's, it's like this. You're sitting like this, like, nope, I'm not a liar. I am not a liar. We'll see. Uh, uh, but what, what I really, really would like to dive into is just, is just this idea, uh, if we can just, everybody can agree, that maybe some people in this room lie. Yeah, you know, some people in this room, uh, you know, tell some pretty big lies. And the truth is, uh, we live in a culture that sort of promotes it. We live in a culture that, that actually, you, you, you believe in them, and all of a sudden you start to share them as well. Um, and it just goes horribly wrong. Uh, and, and the truth is, we live in an area that's, that's literally, it's kind of bad with that. And, and it's, 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 it's okay with society, though, right? It's, it's, it's okay. You, you know, we, we got the big sins, and we would call those the big sins. And then those sins are like, you know, rape, 
completely wrong. Everybody in here would just agree that that's, that's just wrong, you know? Murder, wrong, you know? Um, stealing, wrong, you know? You, you would go down this, this list. You got your own list. Because I grew up in this local church that, that described all these wrong, wrong sins, these bad sins, you know? And, 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 but the crazy thing is, now as a God, lying is just as bad. But we have justified it though, Right? And so, for, and unfortunately, uh, in the, the culture that we live in, the climate, we, there's another category of sins that some would say, well, these sins are more acceptable. It's, it's because we, we can understand them a little bit better. And these are kind of respectful in our culture just because it's okay to get away with. And we would call these necessary sins. We would call these sins necessary sins to, 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 to live today. Now, even though uh, they may be more acceptable, it doesn't mean they are right in the eyes of God. And that's just where we're at today. It doesn't mean that they are right in the eyes of God. And what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to look at four more ordinary sins that many of us rationalize and say, this is just, the, this is just part of my life. This is just who I am. You know, this is the culture that I was brought up into. Or this is how I was raised, you know? This is what my dad taught me. Or this is the way my grandmother does it, you know? Or my favorite, you just don't understand my life. I have to. I've heard all of these. I've heard every single one of these excuses. And maybe you're using an excuse right now that I haven't heard. And however, what, what we're going to look at is these sins from, from God's angle or God's perspective and not from the eyes of Let's just be truthful, the presidential election uh, viewpoint, because that could get us in a very, very bad trouble point. You know, I'm just being honest. That was a bad joke. But I believe we would all be in trouble if we viewed it for the, from their eyes, because, you know, it just is what it is. But we're going to view it from the eyes of God. We're going to dive into words, and we're going to allow his heart to change our heart. And so for the next four weeks, we're, we're going to simply do this, and we want to share with you this very powerful prayer to kick things off that we're going to sort of repeat every single week. And it's coming from this wise man called David. And David was a man after God's own heart, and he said a prayer in Psalms 139, and we're just going to say this together. Hopefully it's behind me on the screen. But it says this in Psalms 139, verse 23. Why don't you say this with me, guys? Search this morning. Say this with me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Now, those are some powerful words David was saying in the Psalms. Now, search me. Hey, God, just search me. You know, that's just a humbling prayer. Hey, search me, God, and know my heart. He already knows your heart. But you're just asking, you're coming before the Father and saying, wait a minute, I just want you to know my heart while I'm doing the things I'm doing. And test me. Test me to see if they're real. Test me to see if I'm telling the truth. And see if there's any offensive or any lies in me that I just need to go away. Because I want to live in an everlasting way with you, Jesus. And so I just thought I'd ask a simple question. I've already asked it once this morning, but I got you thinking about it. So here it is. Have you ever been caught in a lie? Now, a couple of people saying yes. Yeah. Some people not doing the nod, Bob. Some people are like, mm-mm, still no. That's okay. Liars go to hell. So, um, 
Just saying, just saying. You, it is the truth. Um, so just so you understand who you're dealing with this morning, who's at least giving you, a, you know, a talk this morning about sin, um, I was in college once, and, and I had a professor named Dr. Kiagora. And Dr. Kiagora was from Kenya, Africa, and I got to know him really well because he was a cool dude that had this weird accent, and he was tall and skinny, and he liked to run. Um, and he just, he was a Christian. He came to church with me a couple times, so we knew each other before. Uh, I got to get in his class, and his, he taught uh, humanities, uh, 201, 202, 203. And so I was the guy that, you know, opted out of all the English classes, 202 and 203, because I wanted to go the humanities right, because I just didn't like English. Um, maybe I didn't like all the paperwork or just, I don't know. I was choosing the easy way out, probably so. Let's just be real. I'm on stage, and I'm not going to lie in front of you. But... Um, <laughs> I just thought I could get away with some things with Dr. Kiagora, you know, I'm just being truthful. And so I went to his class and he gave us a syllabus and he, and he told us, you know, hey, go home and study the syllabus. And, and so the next week, he's, you know, we had this stack of books now we had to read. I mean, it wasn't just like a couple, it was a stack. And we had to read these books and the first week he says, okay, and he, with his best voice of African voice from Kenya, okay, class, um, you, I mean, that's how he talked. He was very weird. I'm not going to, you know, embarrass myself, but it was very weird. And, and, and he basically says, hey, who read the assignment? And I looked around and I don't know why my hand went up, but it just did. And knowing good and well, I didn't read the assignment. And my hand went up. And, and what was funny was there's about five other students, their hands went up too. I was like, well, we're not, you know, hey, look at all you idiots that didn't read the assignment, you know? And, and, and I said, so tell me about it, Mr. Jason, Mr. Kilby, stand up and tell me about the assignment. And I was like, yeah, uh, it was a great assignment. Um, and and I, started, I started just talking about aviation. I was like, you know, I got my books confused. And, and I just, you know, I didn't even, you know, maybe I was supposed to read this one, but maybe I read the, I, I skipped ahead. I read chapter 30. I just, you know, I was really into it. And he's just like, so you did read the assignment or you did not read the assignment, Mr. Kilby? And I said, um, I, I really think I've read the assignment, but I don't know if I read the assignment. I just, I, I don't know. He's got me three shades of red by now, man. He knew. He knew in front of a class of about 50 some odd people, and only five of us raised their hand in the first place. I said, pick on somebody else that raised their hand. Come on, please. You know me. I go to your same church, man. We're brothers. Uh, and he looked at me and said, well, why is it that no one else read this article? And he said, with the most profound voice, I'll never forget it. The reason why these only five people read or said that they read is because they're lying. There was no assignment. If they read their syllabus, they'll know, though, they wasn't supposed to read anything today. And so here I am on the first day of class raising my hand, and there was no assignment. Whew. Talk about an idiot. Yeah, I just, here's your sign, if you know that verse. So I felt like a moron sitting the first day of class of humanities, therefore, you know, here I am. And just so you know what type of pastor you got up here preaching to you this morning. Uh, so I took it upon myself to really study the syllabus, and you know, and I went after it, chasing it. And so the first book we had to read was The Dark Child. And The Dark Child is literally about a, a kid in Africa, uh, in, in, in Guinea, and, and he travels to Paris, and he starts to understand culture, and he starts to get educated, and he starts to live a whole different lifestyle. And, and, and that's pretty much the storyline. But here's the thing. I didn't read the book, 
okay? And I had to read the book, and, and, I, and he basically, uh, he wanted everybody to read the book in one week, and it was a big book, and I'm a slow reader some days, um, especially if you're in college. You know what I'm talking about. There are other things to do. So here, here is this, this moment, him you know, traveling to, to become an adult, and he, he leaves his home area, um, and he will study in Paris, and he just keeps on moving forward, and, and it literally... Uh, it, it's, it's just a, it's a good book, uh, but it, I didn't read it. And so we had a test and the test, you know, everybody, he, he throws the test. I wasn't expecting the test and he throws the test down on the table and he says, tell me everything you know about the dark child. Well, I already learned my lesson once in his class. So I wrote everything what I just said. It's about a boy's journey from the earliest memories of his uh, you know, age of five to six to his adult life. He went to, from his area of New Guinea all the way up to Africa, and he literally enjoyed life because he was educated. That's all I know about the dark child. It was literally a couple sentences. I turned it in. I was done in five minutes. Everybody else took the full hour. I was just like, oh, this is not good. You know, I'm, I'm batting over two in Dr. Kirigori's class. So the next week, the tests come back, and there were some people who scored 80s. There's some 70s. There was most of the class who got that big, wonderful grade of a failure, you know, below 60. But there was one 100%. This guy. I passed. I scored 100. You know why? I told the truth. The only thing I knew about that book was what I wrote about that. Everybody else cheated. Everybody else was trying to figure out more answers. Everybody else was trying, hey, what do you got? What do you got? And they all lied. And so he said, Mr. Killaby. And I thought I had failed miserably. He brought me up in front of the class. He said, would you mind telling to read the entire class your story, your paragraph? And I, 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 you know, there's like, did he cheat? I mean, he only spent three minutes on his entire test. And I wrote, you know, and I read it, and, I, and he goes, the reason why I gave him a passing grade, because he told the truth. Class, humanity is about telling the truth, and the truth will set you free. I never forgot about that. I never, that never left me. Now, I, could, I couldn't tell you that one thing about the dark child today, but I can tell you about standing in front of a class, and Dr. Kirigori saying the truth will set you free. And it did. That's the only 100 I got in this class. But it allowed me to lean in and, and say, wait a minute. There's, there's, there's so much more. There's so much more here. And I think that allows us to dive in just a little bit today. And so here's a quick question for you. Again, here comes the third time I've asked the question. Have you ever told a lie before? Have you ever told a lie before? And so I just don't feel alone standing on stage confessing all my sins. If you would just raise your hand. All right, so you can look around. And for the person who ain't got their hand up, just stare at them and hold your hand just like this until they raise their hands because liar, liar, pants on fire. That's right. You know, uh, you're in church. You know that, right? So we're going to have confession at the end of this, and so maybe you need to come up. Um, seriously, when do you remember telling your first lie? When do you remember telling your first, your first lie? Someone said yes. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but we're just going to say confession is later, um, and we're just gonna, now we're snorting. We got, we just need some sprinkling up here or something. I don't know. Um, um, 
But I have three kids. If you don't know me, I have three kids. And, and, and it's not like, you know, we have to teach them a lot of things, but lying's not one of them. And we do not have to teach them how to lie. You know, we have to teach them about life lessons. And, and, but lying just comes sort of naturally. Uh, and if, if I'm just being really honest up here and transparent, they must get that from their mother's side of the family. I'm just... <laughs> I'm going to pay for that later. But, you know, lean in. Just think about this. Uh, my kids are no different than your kids or your friends, your family. Um, and the other day, I, I, I asked them a simple question. My, my son, I said, hey, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. We're going to eat some supper. Don't eat, don't eat. And I come in the room, and my son has got orange lips. And I was like, what? what? Did you eat Doritos? Mm-mm. He already knew, like he had the big silver dollar eyes going, mm. and then he saw his fingers, he went. <laughs> I was like, um, so would you care to, and you know, he's my youngest son, so we'll give him a little bit of, you know, we'll give him some grace. But then he throws a one-liner in there that separates sin from just sin. It's sin to the two. Uh, you know, he goes, well, Maximus gave him to me. And I went, Maximus is not even here, Micaiah. <laughs> and we just go down this road. And I, I mean, I got down on one knee, man. I got down on one knee. I was like, so did you, did you crawl up on the cabinet and in the counter and use this chair to get the Doritos when I clearly told you we're going to eat just mm-mm. So did the dogs move the chair in front of the refrigerator over to the side? Mm-mm. You know, and just the storyline got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had to think about this a minute because, you know, sin is sin. And we laugh about it. And this is funny this morning, right? This is funny. But what's the difference between my son, Micaiah, lying to me, his father, and you lying to your father? I don't hear anybody laughing now. It just got really serious up in the loft. For those listening online, it is quiet. But seriously, what's the difference? The interesting thing is that we, we do laugh about things in our society, whether it be our own story or somebody else's story, where we get caught in a lie. You know, as a fish that was... And even we, 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 we get called out and we admit doing it, which is just kind of fun. You know, it's, just, it's accepted. Here's the truth. The truth is that it seems acceptable in our society, which trickles down into our heart and our life, but that does not mean it's acceptable to God. It's not, period. And in fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. Here we go. God hates lying. God hates lying. God hates lying so much. In fact, in Proverbs 12, 22, it states this. Everybody say this with me. It should be on the screen. It says, in verse 22, it says, the Lord detests lying lips. Ooh, good. Lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. What should we just stop right now and just bring the band up and just start singing? Because that right there, verse, speaks volumes, doesn't it? The, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. 
In fact, the word, the word in the Hebrew language translated as detest, the word, it means something as disgusting. Like, it's like, ugh, you know? It actually means abhorrence, abhorrence. And it means to, to have a feeling, an inside feeling of repulsion or disgusted or to be nauseated. And we may not think much of our lives, but God, if we just use a word that we probably understand, God is just basically is vomiting every time we're lying. And so that's how much our God hates lying. He vomits every time it happens. Every time his sons or daughter lies to him, he vomits. It's all because his enemy, Satan, is tripping us up and thinking it's okay. You see, John, Gospel John in verse 8, chapter 8, 44 It says something so powerful, and maybe you've heard this before, but it tells us this, that Satan was a murderer from the very beginning, not holding to the the truth. And it says this in in verse verse 44 in chapter 8. It says, he was a murderer from the very beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. Come on, church, is that not good or what? He speaks his native tongue. For he is a liar, and he is the father of all lies. This is so interesting. When Satan lies, his native language for what he is and who he truly is, he is the father of all lies. And, it, and it's just crazy to begin to think that when that is happening and trickles down to our life, there is a father in heaven who is repulsing that and just vomiting it back up because we do it naturally. It's a part of our life. Because we think there's no harm done. It's kind of necessary sins to get by with. But God would say it despises him and he's ready to vomit it out of his mouth. And what I would like to do is to to really get people uh, to think about a couple of big things today. First, I want us to know uh, about how it is that we lie, that how it hurts others. And then I want to take a step deeper into our own hearts and, our, and to have a little conversation about why we deceive others so that we could be transparent enough this morning to allow the Holy Spirit uh, to do some cleansing in our hearts, just like the psalmist says. And so the first way we lie is this. The first way we lie is this, and this is what I believe. I, I believe we lie to people. We straight up just lie to people. And this is found in the Old Testament, by the way. If you don't believe me, take some notes. Jeremiah 9.5 says this, friends deceive friends and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongues to lie. They weary themselves with sinning. You see, we just keep on covering up. We keep on covering up and we lie to each other and we don't even know why we do things. We lie to other people. Now then, this is what's crazy. Um, This is where it's gonna get kind of interesting for just a moment, Uh, but ladies in the room, um, I always get trouble when I talk about ladies, by the way. Um, believe it or not, um, if you're in here today, before the end of the day, you will more than likely, you will share three lies before the end of the day. That's the national average, uh, and, you know, taking some things into context. But, you know, it could, it could be like just walking into the room and someone this morning said, hey, look at my new outfit. What do you think? And you're like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then mind going, it is, ah, you know, you're, <laughs> do you realize what it makes you look like? You know, that's a lie. 
And we know where liars go, right? You should just tell them, no, it looks horrible. You need to take it back now. You just honest. The gift of truth is in me and God lives. And so <laughs> go home, change your clothes, cover it up, you know? I just being honest, you lie. So I don't know why you do it, but you do it. And, and here's the funny thing. You know, men, we, we're not, you know, we're laughing and we're chuckling along the side of them, but we have really no, you know, we don't have a ground to stand on because we lie two times more than they do. Uh, we lie six times a day. <clears throat> now, why? I don't know. But, you know, I am married, so therefore I do know when my wife walks in and she does ask those questions, what do you think? I have learned to say, it looks great. I don't say any more than that. That's a lie, though, because some days I know what it looks like, and I'm just like, it looks great. And hey, what are you saying? I, I look, what are you saying? I'm saying the baby makes you look great. <laughs> well, let's leave it alone. And, and so it's interesting. We lie, and we, we, we even lie. Like, I know some of you went on fall break, and I know some of you had, you know, these little contests who could get there the quickest, and, and you're like, man, we made it nine hours and 34 minutes flat. When you know good and well, it took you 12 hours and 34 minutes why are you lie for? It's like the fishermen that get in the boat, you know? You throw it out, you catch a fish, it's like this big. When he gets back home, it's this big. And then when you get to tell all the front of the guys, man, it's this big. Why? The story grows. It avalanches, it snowballs. We tell more lies. And it just gets out of control. But here's a God, here's a father that just sometimes is just vomiting out of his mouth. Every single time you open yours. Another way we lie that we never really think about is this. We lie to God. We lie to God all, all, all the time. Not just to people, but we lie to God. And in fact, you know, you got to think about this. Right? I don't really lie to God. Do you, have you ever said, I'll get to it tomorrow, God? I, I heard a chuckle, but I'll do it next week, God. I'll just, you know, just give me a... I need to get this right first, God. Or maybe, you know, I, hey, God, if you bless me with this, I'll give you this. Liars. I mean, no, the offering has not gone up in a while. I'm just being honest. It's just truthful. And so if we're really investigating this and being wholeheartedly honest this morning in the loft, we lie to God. And one of the most amazing scriptures that I've found about this is in the book of Acts, chapter 5. There's an interesting story when all the believers were actually selling their possessions and doing everything they could to, for a movement. And they all agreed that the money was going to be God's. And so this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, decided to do something a little creative. They got creative with God. They give, the, they give all the money they said they would, and they would hold some back for themselves. And if you know the story, Peter came in and confronted them and said in this, in Acts chapter 5, verse 4, he said, didn't it all belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, was the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You see, you have not lied just to human beings, but you lied to God. And if you know the story, something amazing happens. They both drop dead. He kills them both. Not Peter, God. You see, Peter said, you've lied to God. You just didn't lie to people, but you lied to God. 
And when we begin misrepresenting the truth to our Christian communities in a one way or another, at one level or another, you're not just lying to them anymore, you're lying to God. And the more you learn to lie like that, before long, you're not just telling a small lie, you're living a lie, which is crazy. And that's where it gets really, really dark. Some of you are like, I just don't know why bad things always happen. I don't know why this is always going on in my life. I don't know why I always pick out the wrong guy, the wrong place, wrong time. I'm always in the wrong. Have you ever considered what you're pointing at? You're blaming everybody else, but you're not willing to look at yourself in the mirror. Maybe it's you who are living the lie. You see, we, we lie to other people. We lie to God. And the third way I think we lie, and this one to me is, is the huge one. We lie to ourselves. You see, we deceive ourselves completely because we have been doing it so long, it's natural. And in Psalms 119, verse 27 through 29, it says this. David records this, and it's beautiful. It causes me to understand that his ways, or excuse me, cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds, commandments. My soul is weary with sorrow. I'm just wore out. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways, lying ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. A lot of us are just lying to ourselves because we don't want to be taught no more. We don't want to be a disciple. We just want to go to church, do our thing, get up, live our own lifestyle, Come back to church next Sunday. We don't want to change. We don't want to be taught. You don't want to check your own heart. We don't want to search. God, don't search me because that might hurt. If you take that out, that's going to hurt because that means I've got to go confess something to somebody. I've got to change what I care about. I've really, I've got to, this has got to come off in order for me to get right with God. And when I, when I break free of that, that just, well, oh, I don't know if I can handle that one because this is who I am now. People see me, I'm a leader in my family or my friends and, and my work and this is who I am and this is how I roll. And hey, God, it's just a little lie. We start to deceive ourselves. And honestly, there are too many times in life to count when we actually deceive ourselves. Come on, right? And we begin to believe our own lies. It corrupts our hearts and our minds and our soul. Let me give you a quick example. And it's, we, we, we sometimes say this, right? It's always their fault. It's always the other person's fault. They could, they could not have read my text or they just not understand who I am or it could be a, a personality difference. It's always their fault. And for those who think they can't quit, what about this one? Let me, let me just lean in. This quit word is huge. I, I can quit smoking anytime. I can quit dipping anytime, chewing anytime. It's it just, it just a little bit. It's, I grew up with it. It's, it's just my thing. It's just the thing my dad does, my grandfather did, and, you know, it's just, it's just what I do. I'm not a drunk. I just like beer and wine. I just like enough to, to sleep well at night sometimes or just have some fun with some friends. And, you know, it just, it is, it's just a sip or two. In a marriage, that one-liner I've heard often is, it's not my problem, it's theirs. 
It's they're the problem. They are the problem. For guys and some ladies, just one more click won't hurt. That, that, that image is not something, you know, that's, it, it didn't really affect me. It won't affect me. You see, some of you are lying to yourself right now and you know you should not even be in a relationship with that person sitting beside you because sex outside of marriage is a dangerous thing and it can hurt people. And the truth is, the hard reality is, what you don't realize is wherever your angle view is in life, you are part of the problem as well because you're deceiving yourself because we just see it from our own viewpoint not from God's. If I can just say this as gently as I possibly can with those who have ears to hear this morning, there are some of you who are deceiving and lying to yourself right now about your own standing with God. You're saying, hey, I'm okay with God. I grew up in the church. I made a decision when I was four years old. And it's good and you have no spiritual fruit whatsoever, I'm telling you right now, you better check your heart. Go back with the psalmist. Search my heart. I don't want you to miss heaven by 18 inches from your, from your head to your heart. You might think you know everything, but I'm telling you right now, you haven't even begun to understand the love Christ has for you. Seriously, if you're not giving up things that you love for the things you love more, which is Jesus, you might need to seriously investigate, search your heart. And this one's tough, but it's too serious to pass up. Some of you need to break free from those chains that are holding you down. Those lying chains that have held you hostage for years and come clean not just before men, but before God. What kind of chains are holding you in bondage? What kind of chains are literally wrapping you up like this and you have to walk in and just cover it up? You sit like this on Sunday mornings. You sit like this around friends. Because those scars that you have cut, or you've used, or you've said, and you just walk around like this, and it holds you down. It keeps you weighed down. It's keeping you from experiencing the truth. You see, in 1 John 2, 4, it says this, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a what church? And the truth is not in that person. I want you to be really honest with yourself right now. Do you really know who Christ is? Do you talk more of wanting him more and more in your life and knowing his commands to set you free? Or do you lie to yourself and say once a week is good enough for me? K-love is good enough for me. Air one is good enough for that, the devotion time for my, my weekly moments. For some of you, you're a CEO of Christmas, Easter, and other time only, and it's good enough for me. Why do we lie? Why do we lie? 
We feel like it will help us get ahead. Is that right? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're scared to tell the truth because it's so out of control. Maybe it's like a snowball and it's just continued to roll and gotten bigger and bigger and bigger into our life and we're afraid of telling the truth. And maybe we don't even know what the truth is anymore. And, but I believe this. Why do we lie? I believe we have a spiritual enemy called the father of lies. And he wants us to cause, he wants to cause distance between us and God from the truth which holds us hostage sometimes because we distort it. The more lies we believe, the more lies we will tell, the less, the less truth that lives inside of us. And we all know who the truth is, right? For those who grew up in church, especially, they understand John 14, 6. It says Jesus answered. He was answering some people that day. He says, I am the way and the truth. Say it with me, church. I am the way and the and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, if we could put this into a big idea today, as the band starts to come up and they start to sing, this is this, this one idea that sort of separates everything for us. The further our true self is from God's truth, the more we lie. Don't you think about that one for a minute? The further our true self is from God's truth, the more we lie. You see, some of you have been just weighed down by this chain this morning. And so why do we do it? Because we are being held down by the father of lies. And you need to know that. But Jesus came with this powerful one-liner in John 8, 32. And you probably know it because you've said it in culture. But this is Jesus talking, y'all. Jesus said this in John 8, 32. He said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you. Dr. Kiyogori said something very powerful, but hey, guess what? It was Jesus who said it first. You'll know the truth. And when you find the truth, the truth will set you free. You can walk away today knowing You've been stepping in to truth. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Everyday life makes it easier to tell those common white lies. Or if you've been living a lie, deceiving those around you, or being one person and knowing deep down inside that you're someone else. If you're alone or if you're afraid and you may get caught one day, all you need to know is this one thing. The truth will set you free. So Jesus, man, as you just sort of just move right now and allow us to experience your Holy Spirit. I know there's some people in front of me that are living a life full of a lie. And it's being distorted by the father of all lies, Satan. And so I'm just asking you right now, the power of the Holy Spirit, you just move on us. You just, you convict our hearts and, and we search our hearts. We search you in a way that allows you, allows you just to move in us. And it creates movement up here and we start to experience changed lives, which actually creates changed lives. 
See, Jesus, you are the father of all change. You, you said, hey, in me, you'll find truth. In me, you'll find life. So today, I just pray life over my friends in front of me. I pray that they experience in a way that sets them free for the very first time in a long time. And they can walk out of here knowing they've experienced you and you alone. So Jesus, that's my prayer. As we just bask in your glory and sing this song, this time that we have set aside just to break free of those chains that have hold us hostage for years. Jesus, just move. Allow us to get out of the way so our hearts can be in line with you today.